Hey guys, thanks for listening to Kind of Dating, the comedy dating podcast where influential guests and I break down the dating world and try to figure out why the fuck do we all have commitment issues? Today's topic is how to catch a cheater. Let's do this. Hello, Kind of Daters. I'm Natasha Chandale. You're listening to Kind of Dating. Aisha. Why the fuck are you looking so hot right now? I am feeling so (laughs) underwhelming. (laughs) I felt bad by uh, just being on the brink of death the last time everybody saw me. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, because you were so hungover. (laughs) Yeah, it was real bad. (laughs) So now you're like, I'm going to make up for it by just... So the complete opposite. Blow up. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, Where are you going? You're going somewhere. Yeah, I'm just going to the Academy Museum. Oh, okay. Just the Academy Museum. And I'll just give me a little glam for Hollywood or whatever. Yeah. (laughs) You look amazing. I love it. (laughs) Well, guys, uh, we have a really, really fun episode for you. Before we get into it, you know, I got to do all this business shit. So if you like what you hear um, and see, please screenshot the episode, tag us and tell us what you thought of it on social media, especially Instagram. Um, Also, if you haven't already... Tell your friends and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get it. Also, leave us a five-star rating or review. None of that other shit. Just five. One, two, three, four, five. Five. Five-star rating or review, please, wherever you get the podcast. And also, follow us. We're on social media. We're at Kinda Dating on Instagram and TikTok. I am at Aisha Says Dance across the board. And I'm at Natasha Chandale on Instagram and Facebook and Natasha.Chandale on TikTok. Okay, we have this amazing uh, episode that uh, is a passion topic of mine, for sure. Um, And so we have these uh, great guests who are going to help us talk about it. Uh, We have professional private investigator, which is like my dream job, uh, Mackenzie Fultz, and comedian, writer, and armchair sleuth, Hannah Anderson, who also (laughs) happen to both be the hosts of the very popular The Dating Detectives podcast. Welcome on the show, guys. Hi. Thank you for having us. Oh my gosh, we're so excited for this because, uh, man, I could talk about <laughs> this forever. Same. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot. Right? Um, so, but before we get into it, we ask everybody on the show, Aisha. Ladies, are you single or in relationships? <laughs> I'm married. I've been married for four years now. I've been with my husband for seven Wow. Yeah. Nice. It's like, a, how, you're, you're in Florida, right? Yeah, I'm in Tampa. So is that like forever in Florida years? Because that's forever in LA years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's, well, because I moved around so much. So now being in Florida, I feel like it hasn't been forever, which is good, but I feel like I can be here forever. Oh, nice. That's nice. Good. And Hannah, what about you? I'm single. <laughs> Hey, nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. Honestly, yeah, I was like so excited to come on here because I was thinking about it yesterday and I was like, I'm actually so happy being single right now. And for the past, I don't know, couple of years, I was not. So I was like, or I was like in relationships. So I'm single for the first time in a while and like thriving, loving it. Yes. Get it, get it. We love, uh, we love single life. I miss single life sometimes. Uh, It's fun. Um, But like, I was just talking to some friends yesterday actually about it because I think there's this like, you feel like you're a hamster in a wheel sometimes when Mm -hmm. it comes to dating and like feeling like you have to date and and a lot of people feeling like, oh, my schedules are so busy. I only have this many days off. Like I got to fill it in with dating. And then it's like not fun anymore. And then people feel very lost. Totally. I, I don't know how people do that when they're like, yeah, I try to go on at least three dates a week. And I am like, it's important. You have, if you're really trying to find someone, it has to be a full-time job. And I'm like, well, I guess I'm not that, I'm not trying that hard right now. And that's fine. If it, no. if it happens, it happens. <laughs> I don't believe that, we don't believe that it should be like a full-time job or no. it shouldn't feel like, it's not the idea that it's it should be like a job. I think the part that it should feel like a job is that like you're taking it, semi-seriously if that's what you want like if a relationship is what you want then like at least like have a decent profile out like you know present yourself in like half a decent way when you're out like just kind of like what you would do basics at your job 
basically. Yeah. But not like it should feel like work and it's not something you have to do. Something yeah. you get to do. Exactly. Right. You're not going to spend 40 hours a week looking for a man. Like, get the phone. Oh, God. No, you got to pay me for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Doing that for free. That's a different episode, Hannah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's also nice now, just that I have a PI in my back pocket while I'm dating. I'm like, that's don't, awesome. Don't mess with me. Oh, <laughs> that's like the, mo- the most amazing uh, friendship. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I I think we're we're all very curious. First, tell us about your guys' podcast, how you guys met, because Mackenzie, you're in Florida, Hannah, you're in LA, and uh, and then like, what made you guys start this? So that's okay. such a fun story. So I was on um, the social media sharing some PI stories and some um, interesting cases that I've worked. And I was reached out to by a producer. Her name is Molly. And she said, hey, I want to do this podcast with a, a private investigator. Are you interested? And I'm like, yes, I can talk. Like, that's totally my wheelhouse. And so then we, she had this idea of having kind of a comedian armchair, like, detective that we could kind of work together and talk about some of these cases. And so um, she found Hannah, I think on social media also, and then we connected and it has been this amazing friendship that we have just this, the dating detectives has been something that we bonded over and we just love it so much. Wow. Shout out Molly. (laughs) You did good. Also, it's like, I feel like it's the universe because one, I haven't been doing comedy that long and I definitely put some stuff out there about how I'm an Instagram creeper. I used to say stalker, <laughs> but now I feel like legally I can't say that. We don't say that. We don't say that. Um, so I creep sometimes. And also like being single kind of works for this podcast because a lot of it is me just taking notes. So it's funny if you're ever like, man, I don't want to post my stuff online and I hate being single. Like you never know. You could get a podcast out of it. So <laughs> it's true. There's there's a podcast for everything. Literally. Mackenzie, sure. tell tell people how you became a PI because it's my favorite story. Yes. Oh, okay. So when I was in college, I actually wanted to be on the SWAT team. It was like my goal to like kick down doors and blow shit up. And like, I wanted to be a law enforcement officer. My my dad was. And um, that was just a cool dream that I had. And then when I was finishing up my degree, my professor was in, in class. He was talking about the different jobs you could do with the criminal justice degree. And uh, I said, I wanted to be on the SWAT team. And he said, well, you can't have your nails done if you're going to be on the SWAT team. And I said, okay, well, then I'll make my own rules. I'll be a private dick. <laughs> like I'm 20. So I was like, surely I'm the class clown. If I say the word dick, everybody's going to laugh. And they did. And so I was like, ha. Huh. But then he looked at me and he said, you'll never make it in that industry because you're a girl and that's a man's industry. Ooh. And I said, oh, well, hide and watch. So then I looked up what to do and I did it to spite him. And then the rest is history. Wow. Wow. I, I'm not kidding. It was like one of my dream jobs to be a PI. I used to have a little spy store in my town in Mississauga um, in Canada. And my high school boyfriend and I would go there all the time. And I thought I would make the best spy slash PI because because we're girls. And I was like, yeah, doesn't suspect me to do shit. Like I could right. easily like get all the government secrets. Like I wanted to do that so badly. And then I was like, oh, well, maybe somebody will kill me. So maybe I won't. Wouldn't you tell Mackenzie all your secrets? Like, look at that face. 100%. 100%. You too, Natasha. Yeah. Like, no, but you did funny it. Because, like, I just think like, it's so Like, who cool. is this guy? Like, oh, you'll never, because you're a girl and that's a man's in the street. so yeah. wild. Because I imagine like, Imagine a lot of private investigators are like ex-law enforcement, ex-FBI. Mm. They're dudes that like flame tattoos on bald heads, biker, whatever, you know, whatever you might imagine a PI to be. And then there's this pretty little blonde girl, you know, and she's just like, <laughs> can I get some information from you? And you're like, yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, I, it's so funny because now I just remember that I knew one other PI when I was in high school. That called that high school boyfriend's cousin was a PI and she was a girl. And but like we were in high school, she was like 30 maybe at the time. And I remember her being the coolest motherfucker to me in (laughs) life because she once like from Toronto followed somebody in a car all the way to Ohio. She just had to keep going. She had to follow the car. I've done that. It's crazy. And I was like, you ended up in Ohio? Like (laughs) insane. Like it's like a different country because you were, she was Canadian. And I was like, wow. But like the commitment you guys have, I love it. 
Yeah, you can't get like there's well, there's something about um sitting in a car for hours and hours upon hours, and then finally the payoff of the activity and documenting what's right. happening. You're not giving up. Like if they're active, I'm staying on you. I want to know what you're doing. And it's 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 kind of cool to be a fly on the wall, like almost literally, and being paid to do this and legally being allowed to like watch people like it's crazy it's so fun the shit you've oh, seen too i mean yeah Whew. it's why i definitely want to hear one of the craziest stories you guys have heard from your podcast but also like what give us give people a summary of what is the dating detectives podcast so the dating detectives is it's kind of a variety of things so it's a couple of the stories that i've encountered in some of the cases that i've um, worked over my 16 years of being a private investigator. And a lot of those are infidelity cases. And they're very, very um, kind of scandalous, I guess. Um, but also we wanted to create a space where there we could talk about um, the what we call dogfish in the world of dating, which are, we've heard of catfish, which is mm-hmm. kind of like someone on the other side of the screen. You don't know who it is. Um, but a dogfish is more of someone who, in in physical form, they are this person, but they're totally lying about something. Mm. They have another life or another family or something. There's something that they're not telling you the truth on. And so those are the stories we like to get to the bottom of. And it's a space where um, women and men and everybody can kind of share their um, their stories. and Yeah, dating scams and just create awareness of the things that happen around us and, you know, talk about the different ways that we can avoid situations like that. And so that's kind of where we're at right now. And once yeah. we started, people have been sending stories like you wouldn't believe. So we've also gotten a lot of people to come on and just tell us their stories and what they've learned. So it's it's a cool, it's like a light space. We're not <laughs> dealing with like true crime murder stuff, but it does Got feel it. like true crime because it's still, people are committing crimes against our hearts. <laughs> <laughs> it's real. It hurts. It's very yeah. true. Um, so what are one of the like craziest stories you guys have heard from either the podcast or in life? Oh, gosh. I know, well, that's so hard. Do we talk about one that we've already talked about on the podcast? There are so many. I like many. the boat one. I feel like the boat one's good because it's good. It's so funny what you do in that so, story. Okay, so one of the cases that I work, um, what she's talking about is I did a surveillance case where a woman came to me and she wanted to, she she didn't think that her husband was cheating on her. She just didn't. She's like, I, I don't think he's cheating, but I just got to know because something's up and, you know, so spidey senses. Mm-hmm. And so Fem, I We follow- call it femtuition. That's our, yeah. like, mm, our name for when you have a little, like something's off in this relationship, but I don't want to trust it because I'm being dramatic, <laughs> you know? Like we all do that. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. So the femme tuition goes off, like those spidey senses. And um, he, I, she says he goes fishing on his boat and he goes by himself and it's fine, but I just want to know for sure. So I follow him to what I call a boat garage. Apparently it's <laughs> called a marina. <laughs> because, words, because words are hard but it's fine um so anyways i follow him to go put his boat in the water and it turns out he took his boat to the other side of the bay he collected a woman she got on the boat with him and they took the boat out to like the middle of the water i'm sitting in like one of the like there's these restaurants like this is a two-story building it's overlooking the water and one of the restaurants they it's like a cafe and they serve breakfast and it's early in the morning so i'm sitting there and it's like a um like an outdoor bar area overlooking the water beautiful and so i'm sitting there with my camera and i have it open i'm zoomed all the way in and these cameras that we use they have a lot of zoom on them and so i was zooming in i'm just documenting what's happening meanwhile i have the what's happening you got like (laughs) cameras right like that's like no it's just no well i guess they're just video cameras like it's not like the long lens you see on tv where these like multiple lenses are sticking out the window it's not like that um so it's just a regular video camera but they have a really good zoom so i'm videotaping that while the waitress is I, i went ahead and ordered like pancakes or whatever and so I'm eating my breakfast and because they're going to be out there for a couple hours, clearly. And uh, so the waitress is serving me breakfast and I'm videotaping. Well, I guess she saw that I was videotaping out into the water. Meanwhile, she's juicing his pickle out on the boat. Like they're just going all to town. And so, um, so well, the manager of the restaurant comes over because I guess the waitress had told him, you know, that I'm using, I'm 
like documenting things that I maybe shot. I'm a pervert. I don't know. And so the manager comes over and he's like, I'm going to have to ask you to leave. And I'm like, I was, I just gave him two twenties and I was like, can I have some extra syrup? And he's like, yeah, I won't tell if you don't. Like, it was just so kind you of like, like... You flirted. You were wow. like, oh, I won't tell if you... you I like, did. So funny. Like, I, well, that's where the girl part comes in because I was like, I won't Batting tell if your you eyes. don't. And like, <laughs> so, so he was, he just ate it up and it was just so funny that I basically just like bribed this guy to like help me keep being a pervert. And like, if he thought I was a pervert, then he wanted me to leave. But then the fact that I gave him two 20s, he was like, all right, you're a pervert. It's fine. 40 bucks. They <laughs> never something he would be doing on the side too. that's what i said i was like yeah, I yeah. he was into it he's yeah. like thinking about Mackenzie. like wow this freak in my cafe made my day so funny. So, and then, and then they, um, so we I finished the case. He didn't bother me again. And he just kind of let me stay there, which I, I guess he, to this day, he probably thinks I was just being a perv. Um, and so the, the waitress was so mad that I didn't get kicked out. But anyways, so the guy takes the lady back and he goes back home, whatever. And the wife ends up like taking the boat, leaving him. <laughs> Yeah, she's lighting it on fire. <laughs> yeah. So like I'm curious, how does how does that feel for you? Cause like on one end, you're helping people, which obviously, like I wish as somebody who's been cheated on, like somebody told me at the same time you watch it crash and burn. So it's like, is that hard or is it just like, hey, I'm saving them? Well, it's hard because you at no point do you want to be the bearer of bad news, right? So it's like a lot of people, like this woman said, I don't think he's cheating on me for sure, but I just need to know. So it's like that. It's like that. If you're calling me, usually you already know what's going on. You just, we need that visual confirmation so that we can let our heart believe that this is happening. And so I think that that's the case with a lot of these people. So as heartbreaking as it is to share the truth, it's also you're a truth teller. Like you are someone who can confirm, verify, provide the facts, provide the information. And that's that's really rewarding. Um, and then it does come with its downsides where sometimes you are doing surveillance and you don't quite get, you don't quite get what they, what they, what they think that you should be getting or um, the results that they think exist. And so that's really hard too. So, um, but it is rewarding on both sides, I guess. You're also so good about saying your job is to observe and report. Like you are not here to make assumptions. You never, you're, all you're doing is presenting what you see, which is all you can do. And sometimes yeah, that's a good what point they do too. with that info. Well, you like, get attached to these cases and these people because these are real people. Like these are right. real lives being affected and these are real hearts that are breaking because of this. And so that's really hard as someone who, I'm just such an empath and I just, I feel so bad. Like I never want to hurt anybody. And I, like I cry when people are mad at me, like I don't like it. <laughs> and so like when you have to, you know, break that news to someone, it is really, really heartbreaking. But also just to go to bed at night and have to detach from it is something that took me a couple years to learn. So now it's a little easier, but that there is that emotional connection that you have to, because to, these are humans. So right. totally. Well, now you have a podcast to help people. I know. <laughs> it's true. The so stories are God's work. Well, I hope it at least gives them an outlet to share their story. And also it really does bring awareness because I feel like there's, especially in the dating world, it seems like a lot of people get so wrapped up in like, oh, he took me on a nice date. Where did he take me? That says a lot about him. I want to know how his mama lives. I want to know, is he messy? I want to know all these different things. I don't care where you take me. We can go to the Waffle House. I don't care. (laughs) I want to know if you're going to be a kind person. I want to know if you're going to be respectful. How do you live? How are you going to treat your animals, your kids? Like, I want to know this stuff. So I think that the people get wrapped up in the wrong things and therefore it's so easy to like lose sight of what's really important. And that's how people get in bad situations, I think. Totally. Also, dick. I mean, sometimes like hot dick is very distracting. I've dick, definitely, you get dickmatized. Dickmatized. I've been totally dickmatized in the past. I'm like, I've been in it's very shitty situations. My husband, I didn't want anything to do with my husband until like I discovered this part of him. And I was like, oh, do you want to go on another date? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's true to this day. Like he's, he's like, yeah, like he knows I would not give him the time of day. And you do get like, that was good dickmatism because he yeah. ended up being lovely. Right. He did. That worked out for the best. <laughs> My friend and I were just talking about it. Like the, the little things we ignore. Yeah, yeah. No, and that that stuff I definitely want to get into. And like, 
But I'm very curious because like, uh, Mackenzie, you're married and Hannah, you're dating. So like, does this like make you suspect of everyone? Yes. <laughs> well, I Including think also, your partner? well, so no, actually, um, he's actually the one person I trust more than anyone in the world. But when I first got with him, I didn't trust him. I didn't trust him. Uh, I, I don't know when I started trusting him, but I never really had full trust in him. I think it was always like, when's the other shoe going to drop? And for him, because I I revealed that to him in the beginning, I said, look, I'm a private investigator. I've discovered so many things about people, things that you would not imagine that people are actually capable of. So because of that knowledge that I have, I don't trust you. I don't trust anyone. And he made it a point to be so more transparent than any man should ever have to prove to be. And he was just consistent. And to this day, he's still consistent. Like if there's any question at all, He's like, what do you want? Here's my phone. Here's my friend. Here's whatever, you know, whatever it is that you need. And he's always just done that, which there's not a lot of men in the world. They'll be like, if you don't trust me, that's it. But he's like, I, you know, I want you to try. I want you to know that you, you're safe here. And no, so he's it's, it's very true because um, my boyfriend and I uh, do that too. Like where we don't check each other's anything, but we're always like, you can, if you want to. And we've always been like, Hey, if you want to see a phone, you want to see a message, like we leave our phones out. It's not like a, um, a weird thing or, uh, cause same, like I've been cheated on and part of like, I don't know. I also used to live in New York. I feel like I'm suspect of everyone. <laughs> I, I yeah. used to say, I don't trust anybody. And like, I've learned not to say that out loud. I don't know how like you feel Mackenzie, but people get really upset about that. I'm like, dude, it has nothing to do with you. Like, I just literally don't trust anybody except my mom. Like seriously, <laughs> in the universe, like that's it. I don't even trust my dad. Like I don't think Well, it's true. And well, as someone who has for the last 16 years sat in a car by myself, literally getting paid to watch what people do. You are so blown away by what people will do when they don't think anyone's watching. And it's just, it's it's incredible because I don't trust anyone either. If someone says, oh, I like your hair today. I'm like, what do you want from me? Like, yeah. I, don't, I don't believe that there's any, because in the beginning, I just told a story today on my social media about a man who assaulted me while I was in my car. And I was like, oh, well, if I'm nice, he'll be nice. And he wanted to know what I was doing there. And I was like, oh, you know, I'll just be nice to him. And he'll, and that assuming that people are inherently good or inherently nice is gone. And that's out of my life. So I do not trust you. I do not trust anybody. Even if they give me a compliment, I'm like, no, what do you want? Why are you saying that? Who put you up to this? Is this a mean trick? Like, and so I, it's hard, but it, it and sucks, it, is a, but it is a balance, right? You got to find that where, um, cause I, I think I, re I really used to be a lot like you. Um, again, having ha seen the worst sides of people and being like, what? And I used to be so nice. I used to be like, hey, kill them with kindness. Like be the, the nicer you are to people. Eventually they'll turn around and they'll come. Be I was like, oh, no, no, no. That's not how it happens. It's like people mm -hmm. respect boundaries. People respect people who have boundaries. And, yeah. uh, and because of that, I've gotten you know, then I went the other way and I was like very angry at people and like super suspect. And again, if somebody smiled at me, I'd be like, what do you want? Like, what? what? Yeah. And my, and my friends used to get mad at me because I'm Canadian and in Canada, like really. You're nice. supposed to be nice. Yeah. Like, people like smile at you. Right. And so like when I went back from New York and I walked into a restaurant once and these two were just boys, they smiled, like just like saying hi. I literally was like, what the fuck do they want? And my girlfriend was like, what is wrong with you? Like, dial it down. Like, like New York out. changed you. And yeah, <laughs> it was. But again, it's kind of like, because you see things, you see people. You, I never thought people would be capable of the stuff that they were capable of. Oh. And, uh, and then, but then it's also like working through that and not letting it be my uh, go-to now to just not trust anybody. I do... I'm like, okay, like if somebody compliments me, I'm like, thanks. <laughs> uh, yeah. But it's hard. It's hard to take those compliments, it right? Is. And I think that for me, that distrust, mistrust, what's the word? Dis is it mistrust? Yeah, but yeah. Um, leads to the um, imposter syndrome that I have today. So I've kind of become a little successful. But because of that lack of trust, I'm like, 
no, is this real? Like, is this real? Like, is this mm-hmm. other shoes gonna, is this really gonna go away? And so it, it, it leads to like imposter syndrome. And that is something that's internal, um, but it doesn't, the job that I've done doesn't help. And so as glamorous and as cool as it may seem, it really messes with your head and kind of gives you like this, you know, you just don't, you don't want to trust anybody. And so you, but the thing with me is because I am, I am such a social butterfly. I want everybody to be my best friend. And so it's still that line of like, nope, you can't like these people, people hurt people all the time. Mm -hmm. And you just don't, not everybody's inherently good. Like you want them to be. Yeah, no, it's so true. This is making me just think about how I hope men in like straight relationships know about these stories just I feel like so many women gravitate to these types of podcasts and these stories but like Mackenzie describing her husband I'm sure Ayesha are you single are you dating dating also okay Mm -hmm. we got this but (laughs) like I feel like so many men will take it personally like you said Natasha like oh you don't trust me like what's wrong with you it's like they have to understand what we go through in order to trust somebody and I think that's yeah it's it's a lot it's hard for for men because they don't have the same kind of walls up that we have to right. have. And I, 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 they don't have to have that experience, it's not their fault, but also it's like, I've definitely been in positions where people, my insecurity makes me jealous, makes me insecure, makes me not trust someone. And I want to work on that. Like I own that, but I also hope that men have a little bit of empathy to how hard it is for us to trust them. Right. Yeah. And it's hard when like, like, I mean, just this week, the the Kiki Palmer baby daddy stuff oh. out and Jonah Hill. What do you stuff think about that? Yesterday. It's wild and so ridiculous and so unfortunate. And I was like, this, first of all, this tweet that he put out, y'all needed to be talking about that in private. Like there was I no know. need I believe for him him talking about the Kiki Palmer or so the this is, Yeah, Hill. the Kiki Palmer. Do you know about, did you see that, Mackenzie? Do you know what this is? Okay, so no. basically no. Kiki Palmer went to an Usher concert looking hot as fuck, wearing like kind of a sexy outfit. And her baby daddy, boyfriend? Boyfriend and baby baby daddy. daddy. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) tweeted how he was like, I don't want, I don't remember exactly, but basically like, I don't want my woman to be like, wearing that right. in public like I, i'm you a traditional man the mom, the mom of my child yeah. mom, oh yeah. god which is like yeah private private matter <laughs> and also <laughs> like but, and no then, and then the jonah hill thing happened today i don't know if you guys read that that yeah that like just where, what happened with jonah hill jonah hill was apparently in a relationship with a girl that who was a surfer and he originally liked her for these like amazing surfing pictures and whatever and which i don't know if everybody knows but you do have to um wear a bathing suit when you surf. that's like (laughs) kind of part of the thing and sometimes like you know your legs show and your arms show because we're not we're not a fucking uh in afghanistan you know what i mean um so so he liked her for that. And then they um, got in a relationship. Something has definitely transcribed or, or, or like went down because he did say that there's some trust issues. But then he basically said in these like long DMs to her that these are the things he cannot accept, including things like if they want if he wants she wants to be in a relationship with him. No, like, bathing suits. No, sur- like, pictures of her um, in these kinds of things. You can't surf with men. You can't surf with men. You can't have relationships with girlfriends that used to be part of your wild past unless it's in a respectable situation. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's so... And I don't know if you guys were l- reading the comments of that because it was wild. Guys... We're all mm-hmm. like, oh no, yeah. yeah, what he's doing is totally fine. He's just setting boundaries. She should just right. get out of the relationship because because the girl was like, hey, I deleted these pictures. I didn't take this video down because like I think it's a really cool surfing video. And he wrote, well, you should pick something that like doesn't have your ass showing out or whatever it is. And clearly, like I, it's hard to make this full is, assumptions what? because I'm sure there's a I lot know, of stuff in between. But. What pisses me off is like guys like you for like fuck off. Like you guys like women for our bodies, for being hot on it. You're sliding into our DMs for that reason. And then then you don't like that afterwards because you want to 
because your insecurity comes out and then they're just like, oh no, because you know what it is? And in Hindi, we have the saying, um, which means like thieves see others as thieves. So because a guy knows that when he's looking at a girl's picture, instead of seeing just an amazing athlete surfer, he's going, oh, look at her tits, look at her ass, look at her fucking skin, look at, he's objectifying her so then he he thinks that every other guy is going to be doing the same thing. And, and so it's just like you're projecting onto everybody else. But instead of taking it out on the other guys, he's trying to control the girl. Yeah, he needs to look inward. I mean, yeah, like you said, we don't know. the. It's a celebrity story. But right. what we can take from it is universal. Yeah. And so, yeah, they... It's wild. <clears throat> I mean, I'm curious <laughs> what you guys think of like all three of you guys, like, have you guys been cheated on? And why do you think people cheat? So loaded question. Also first. Yeah. So no, I, when I was, um, at every boyfriend I ever had from like high school through college cheated on me, every single one. I never had a good solid, um, I never had a good solid example of what a relationship should be, you know, whether it's daddy issues or whatever the case is, I wasn't confident. Um, and I was always seeking attention from guys because I thought that's, you know, it's always been societal that that's, that's what makes you valuable is like, if a man wants you, then you feel more confident or more, you know, desired or whatever. And so that's something that I saw out. And I don't know if it had to do with my lack of boundaries or my lack of confidence, but anytime I met a guy that was really nice or, mm-hmm. you know, no matter how nice he seemed, like he always cheated on me. Even when I became a private investigator 16 mm-hmm. years ago, the first three dudes I dated cheated on me. And I found out right away because I like it doesn't how take dumb do you have to be? <laughs> oh my I know. God. So, but it was Adult. every single guy. And so, um, and then when I, I I married my first husband, my son's father, and he was a very nice guy. Um, he was someone that I knew a hundred percent that I could trust. And he is a great guy. Like we, we broke up for other reasons, but, um, he never cheated or anything. And so I think that it's like, but to this day, I do wonder why, like, because in my mind, I'm like, I'm so nice. Like, I'm so, I'm so kind. I'm so like thoughtful and I'm very like giving and whatever it is that you need. I want to make sure that your needs are met and that you're taken care of and all these things. So I I didn't understand and I still don't understand, but I think that it's like, I I don't know, but that's what makes me really bitter about people out there dating now because it's a garbage cesspool. It's awful. It's interesting you say that because, um, I've also been cheated on many times, um, you know, uh, unfortunately. Uh, and once, uh, the the big one that was the abusive relationship, I was in an abusive relationship. He was cheating on me with like seven, eight girls that we counted at the end. I was like, wow. how the fuck did you even have the time? Um, That's what we then, all, all of these are like, it's like a separate job that. Yeah, yeah. I, just, I literally get. just don't fucking even understand. Um, I mean, I, I figured it out later a little how he kept track, but I was like, what the fuck? Um, but it was like uh, the one, the the main side piece he had that he was cheating on me with actually told me because I, I ended up getting her number and I spoke to her and I wasn't mad at her. I was like very respectful to her because I was like, you don't know me shit. So, but she knew about me and she had said that he thought you were too nice. And, and it was when I was too nice and like a lot of therapy later, I had to realize like people actually don't respect people if you're nice without boundaries. Cause I used to be nice without boundaries. And Mm. that meant that, you know, people are willing to, everybody needs like, I hate to say it, but like some, we've unfortunately created humans to live within confines and that people need boundaries and rules. And, and if you have none, they're just going to fucking push you and test you and do whatever. And I had to learn that there's a way for me to be nice and still be myself with boundaries. So it's like, I'm not going to be a dick, but if you do cross this line, like that's it. Like there's no yeah, like second chances yeah. of figuring it out or whatever. Um, I don't, one thing for me that I think is like a controversial take, but I think it's what you're saying is that like, 
I don't think unconditional love is a good thing. And mm. it's not a real thing. It's not. It's not even yeah. possible. Really, it's not, not in relationship. Yeah, absolutely. Not. And, and I, I think a so... lot of people romanticize that, and they're just like, "I want you to be my person that we're here through everything together, up and down." It's like, but also, no, bitch, I have a, conditions. There's a, there's a respect that you have to give. I'm like, yes. if you fucking murder somebody. I'm not gonna I'm telling on love you. you anymore. I, I don't fucking know what you want me to tell you. Like, that's weird. Honestly, but if somebody like, with... kicked a pigeon in front of me, I'd be like, I'm done. Like, I, yeah, well, I can fucking well, that's love a, you to that's death. That's a and serial I'm killer move when they're, when yeah. they're hanging. Exactly. I feel <laughs> Literally. so... For people who, a lot of people, I think this comes up, obviously we're like, yeah, we have deal breakers when we're dating, but people who are in relationships for a long time, when they're married for a long time, you don't want to feel that way anymore. Like you want, which is a hard thing to wrap your head around that like, maybe that kind of safety is just like not the goal that we thought it was when we were watching Disney movies. I don't know. So that's why now they have the law that like a a wife and husband can't testify against one another. Because if my husband commits a murder, like I'm going to help him hide the body. I'm just letting y'all know. (laughs) (laughs) Yours is is unconditional. Yeah, but it's like if you're, uh, I don't know, they're, yeah, you, somebody. There's another. But here's the thing, Mackenzie. Yeah, I'm gonna, go. I'm gonna question you because you're you're saying if he if okay fine he murders somebody you'd help him uh, t- throw the body or, or you know cover it up. What if he cheated on you? No, because if he cheats on me, then he's gonna be the one that someone else, my best friend is gonna help right. me hide the body. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you okay, will be the so murder there's, one. there's some condition. There's no, some yeah. condition, but it's hard, right? Because like, if there are, I was thinking about this last night. Like, there are a lot of relationships where there is infidelity, and it's like, do you throw away the whole man? Do you throw away the whole woman? Do you throw away the whole relationship? And sometimes those can be worked through. And I think it's hard. Like it creates a huge trust issue. Like I would have such a hard time ever trusting again. Cause I'm like, I was already broken coming into this. He fixed me and now like, don't break me again. And so it's like, I think that it's just cheating is such a hard thing because we all deal with like being good enough. And so when you get cheated on, it just makes it seem, it's just, you're not good enough. I wasn't good enough. And I think that's the big thing with a lot of humans. Well, one, I think there's a lot of different reasons people cheat. And we had a case where women, we've had two cases where people have come on talking about a guy who's bamboozled all three of them or like they they all had the same. It would be like if you and your, unfortunately, the seven women, like all came on the podcast to talk about this guy. And like the narcissism element of a cheater who needs that satisfaction or to feel that power. I think one good takeaway there, which is very hard to do, and I'm sure you have had to deal with this, is like recognizing that it's not because you're not enough. Like no one is enough for a person like that. They are always going to be unsatisfied until they like keep pushing it further and it drives me crazy. And that's just a whole other, I, we need a psychologist to <laughs> analyze that type of mind. But I do hope that more people, not just women, but mostly women, unfortunately, like recognize that it happens to so many different types of people, so many strong women, so many people. And it sometimes they challenge, they like the challenge of you being a strong woman. Cause then it's, like, it's just, ugh, like, I don't know. I, don't I mean, know. what's that saying? If Jay-Z cheated on Beyonce, like, right. there's not, not, we, got, we got no shot. We got no shot. Listen, I'm not going to lie. When that happened, I was like, oh, good. So it's not just me because good Lord. <laughs> like, I was like, if Beyonce gets cheated on, I don't feel so bad. Because, like, she's right. so hot and she's she's just so beautiful. She's and perfect. She, she, cor- like, from what I obviously I don't know her, but like, I, you know, what I've seen, she's but very. Like, beautiful. Do you, you want to come on the Daily Detectives Beyonce to talk about your journey? <laughs> right. We would happily have you. <laughs> Aisha, why do you yeah. think people cheat? I also think, and the last guy that cheated on me, I think it was Ugh. in this court, it was more like he just didn't have the balls to break up. It was just he was that's a, probably uh, common. That's <laughs> very common. Honestly, he was it, he was going back to his ex, um, who he repeatedly told me was you know she's crazy. You know, I love to, to say that. red flag. Um, I know big red flag. Blah blah blah. Um, and he just like could not ended with either of us because clearly he didn't need to be with either of us. But that's just really what it came down to. Like she was the one that reached out to me and was like, "This is happening," and I was like, "Okay, well." This is no longer happening. Then you guys can figure it out. 
That's a big one. That um, makes sense. Yeah. And that's that's what I what I feel happens a lot. Like what annoys me is that there's still this narrative that if you got cheated on, like, oh, well, you must have done something. Like, well, you mustn't have there's something missing in the relationship. And I'm like, no, not it's not always the other person's fault. Sometimes it's a joint problem where, you know, two people are just like not getting along or or they've grown apart. But like, I'm sorry, it's what you just said. I used have the fucking balls and tits and whatever it is yeah. to get the fuck out or to communicate your needs. It's to me, it's one person, obviously the cheater, who has some different set of needs that are not being met or wants uh-huh. that are not being met and they're not being communicated. Because I don't know about your situations, Mackenzie. Like when I was cheated on, I asked over and over because I knew something was kind of up or something. I would be like, hey, is everything okay? Anything you want to do differently? Anything, whatever. Like you try to get somebody to open up. And if they don't, like, how is that my fucking fault? That that this person's a little bitch and like doesn't know how to fucking come out and just say what's on their mind or that they're unhappy. Like you're unhappy, go off and do whatever you want. But every time I was in the situation, they all said, but I also want you. Mm-hmm. And I was because like, oh, that's you can their go. safety. Like when you're in a relationship with someone, you've created this safety. Like this is your home. This is your safe yeah. place, right? So, and they do, I do think that it's possible to love this person, even if you cheat on them. Like, I don't think that that negates the whole love. Yeah. But I think as humans, people have FOMO, grass is greener syndrome. Like oh, they're yeah. like, oh, what's over here? And like, they yep. want to they wanna try other things, but they don't want to leave what they have, but they want to like Safety. see what's over there. And that's why the big joke, like whenever you see, like you see the gifts and the memes or whatever, where they're saying he's never going to leave his wife. And eight years later, they're laying in bed texting each other. So you're going to leave her, right? And he's like, it says eight years later. Yeah, I'm totally going to leave her. And it's yeah. like, they're never, it's not like, like they, this is their comfort. This is their safety this is their home but I don't think that like I hate I kind of hate to say this but I don't think that cheating negates the love you have for someone I just think we're human and sometimes we're just wired in a way that hurts other people it's nuanced everything is and Mm -hmm. and what like what you said earlier I think you can work through it if both parties really want to and they work hard at it and and actual behavior changes after because you can't do anything if you're just going to keep doing the same thing but right if the person who's a cheater is open to being transparent after the cheating I think you can work it out but like at least for me I learned after trying to work it out with people that like I change So like, I knew that I check out. So I had to learn my boundary was like, oh, if that happens to me, like, I'm just letting you know that I will be so checked out that there is no point in this. Like, I I know that I will never trust again in the same way. So it's just like better for us to like, just because I know, I know I'm going to pull away. Once a woman stops crying, that's when you should worry. Because when she's done crying, like, that's it. And I think that a lot of people would argue and say that, um, well, you know, once you get cheated on, if you stay in that relationship, you have no self-worth. And I don't think that's true. Like, I don't know if I could. Like, I would be a wreck for, like, the rest of my life if I stayed. But, like, I feel like there is potential for forgiveness. And everybody makes mistakes. Just some hurt people more than others. And cheating is a big, big, hurt for people and so I but I do feel like there can be redemption if the two people are are willing to both be there I don't think it has anything to do with your self-worth yeah 100%. if anything it has to do with the cheaters self-worth and not yeah. feeling Always. confident because sometimes they cheat because they feel like they're not good enough so it's just like it's you know every case is so different This kind of goes back to your question about whether us having this podcast or Mackenzie seeing all these stories makes us like less excited to date makes me less excited or trust makes me trust people less. I actually feel like it's made me a little bit more empowered in dating because I have more knowledge. And then also, so I, to my knowledge, have not been cheated on huge privilege. And I, I'm so curious how I would act now. hope it doesn't happen. Knock on wood. I don't want to find out the hard way. (laughs) But if I did, having heard all of these stories and heard all these amazing people share their experience with me, I almost wonder if I would be better equipped to face something like that, where it's like, I know I'm not alone. I know how people handle this, how people choose to leave, how people choose to work through it. Like we're getting to kind of hear about so many experiences 
it, yeah, it makes me feel like more equipped in a weird way to deal with the ups and downs of dating. And also to like, yeah, we've talked about it. There are red flags that I'm now like, whoo, those are not yeah. <laughs> anymore. Those are not, I have the red, the rose colored glasses are off. I know now what to look for. And I'm well, that's happily another, learning. <laughs> I think that's good about like the, the whole thing behind the dating detectives also is to open up those stigmas and like talk about the stigmas and the, the, um, the different types of relationships, the different types of infidelity and the different types of lies and the different types of deceit and cons that happen in all different kinds of relationships. It's not just about men cheating on women and that's it. Right. Like, you know, but it's it's everywhere. It's all over. I just think it's more yeah. talked about with, you know, it's probably more common, but also more talked about with men cheating on women. Do, mm. uh, do you think women cheat better than men? Yes. I think feel like based on based on my experience as a private investigator yes (laughs) yeah also we we molly i think has brought this up women also are better at the dating scam situation because we don't we like commit to the long game like when people talk about you know like a gold digger situation it's like yeah sometimes we will maybe stay in a relationship i'm not saying Um, this happens a lot but like like you're not gonna just like you're gonna play it right you're gonna scope out exactly the old man with money, you're going to marry that man and make him believe that he is safe. And then you're going to get what you need for your children and your life. I'm just saying we're smarter and better at it if we do well, it. I think it's the right thing to do, but women are um, more detail oriented. And I feel like I always say, if I were to cheat, I don't think anybody would ever find out because like ah. I, you know, being a producer, like I'm, I'm literally thinking of like every part of the situation. So I would cover my tracks like a motherfucker. You know what I mean? But like <laughs> guys in general aren't like all that detail oriented. And I really do want to come to like some of the ways to catch a cheater because I know that in my experience, I didn't have to try. I didn't have to fucking try. I was like, are you just trying to get caught? Like, what the fuck? Um, because there are just so many like details that are left Honestly, behind. But I I, I do want to ask you guys if you think, especially Aisha and Mackenzie for this one, because like you've actually been cheated on. Did you find that the act of cheating that bothered you or all the lies that led up to it? Do you do you remember your behavior? I'll say for me, when I found out I was cheated on, I was so calm. Like, de- like insane level calm. It was all the leading up to it that gave me so much angst. I was like, where are you? What are you doing? What's happening? Like, you know, something's off and it's so fucking frustrating. Well, did you feel I kind cried. of validated? You oh were my like, God. The yeah. second I found out, I was like, like my energy was up here and I went, and I was like, oh. Okay. I remember even confronting the like abusive one, like very calmly. And I was like, hey, yeah, um, you need to get the fuck out of my house. Like so calm. <laughs> and and then he got violent with me. But I was like, I'm so sorry. I was so calm about it. I was just like, um, hey, yeah, um, I have somebody on the phone for you. And it was her, and we had her, and I was like, Yeah, I think, I think you should get the fuck Bye. out. You know? <laughs> um but before that, I was a fucking wreck. Mm. Well, because so, you know, like, I feel like you knew. And like, whenever you find out it's like that relief, like that, it's like, like Hannah said, like that validation, like now, you know, now you know the truth, like, you know, the results and now you can calm down. It's like watching a movie and you're all hyped up and you're seeing all this stuff happen. And then when they finally reveal the end and you're like, oh, okay, finally got an answer. Like, I think that answer is so much, I think the knowing is such a relief. Did you guys feel that way? I think that I think for me it was like because I knew I was more mad at myself because mm-hmm. I I feel like every time like I knew I, I knew we looking back knew. like I knew that there was you know so, and then it was always like well if I you know what if it's not true like what if it's just there's what if it's just not happening I'm just being ridiculous I'm an overthinker so I'm just being ridiculous and so I would always put it on me but then like whenever I would find out the truth. I would, it just, it, it didn't feel good. Like I was like, mm, I was right. Mm. I yeah. mean, it didn't feel good, but it felt good to be right. And to finally, no. How do you trust I, your, sorry, go ahead, Aisha. Oh, yeah, I was just going to say for me, I, it all happened really fast. So I didn't get the period of like sus- sus- suspicion and like, you know, what's happening? What if? 
Um, there was like one night I remember I was like, hmm, that's weird. It was like a late phone call that happened that he didn't answer. But I really did not suspect anything. So for me, it was very much a surprise. Um, but with that said, I still did have the very calm reaction that you did, uh, Natasha, where I was like, okay, explain to me what this is. Let's talk on the phone. Let's go through it. I got more and more pissed as our conversation came along because it, like I was saying earlier, just came out like, oh, like he needed all these things and our relationship, da, da, da. And I was like, well, why didn't you just say that? So I was mad. Um, but I remember being surprisingly not as like broken up and hysterical as I thought. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was yeah, kind of yeah. about the situation. It makes it, it's like an easy answer in some ways where mm-hmm. you're just like, oh, well, this is a very clear cut. Mm-hmm. Who did this? This is bad. Straight but up. But I, I think it is complicated because like, yeah, I've been lied to. I've never been cheated on, but the lying, like betrayal in general is like, yeah, it could be a lot more emotional and personal, I think. And sometimes the actual act of something like that. I yeah. will add, I, I did lose it once. Uh, I got cheated on with my ex who Aisha knows um, that I was living with um, and he cheated on me with grandmas. And it's like a whole bit in my standup about it. But that time, uh, I I chalk it up to a head injury because I was in the middle of my concussion at the time. And when grandmas. I found out, grandmas, like I, I can't make it up. And so like, I remember that one, I threw like I had uh, he had like a bong and like a glass bong and I threw it across the fucking thing the the house because I was like what the fuck <laughs> like that that was the one time I oh, lost uh, I like lost it in the moment but after that I was still like I was like oh okay well again like you need to you need to exit Please. the situation <laughs> well, can I say though Grandma. that there was like. There was one time that a dude cheated on me and the girl was not very cute at all. And I was like, oh, it's fine. Like I didn't, I wasn't broken up about it because I was like, well, she's ugly. You can have her by. But when they were prettier than me and I was like, oh man, like, oh. I never always had anybody but, be prettier. I'm like, it but, always yeah. like. Well, I was always like, when I grew up, I was always the ugly fat girl. That was my title. That's just what everybody called me my whole life. And so I was like, whenever they were pr- uglier than me, I was like, oh, thank goodness. Like, it's fine. You know, but when they were prettier, I was like, dang, if only I was prettier. And no. so, it, it is a self-esteem, no, like it is a self-confidence thing. Wait, yeah. can we talk about, I want to hear what y'all think about that though, because obviously sometimes women don't know it's happening or yeah. they're involved in a cheating scenario. Sometimes they do. Like, how do you feel? Like Natasha, you said the girl knew about you. Like, like the women competition yeah. thing, it's kind of a tough one for me because I don't want yeah. to, I want to be a girl's girl and support the girlies. But obviously sometimes it's like, like, you know, sometimes I'm sure we've all dated someone who had maybe a friend that was a girl and we were like, some things off here and I it's the girl that I feel weird about but I also don't want to have that competition because I know the society tells us to just that's my question that's not a question (laughs) yeah I I didn't um I didn't get mad at her until she tried to like befriend me then I was like now I was like girl I even said this to her because she uh and I knew she was she was trying to befriend me for the wrong reason she was she was jealous of me. She would call me and she literally, so when, when I found out, um, he had her number saved in like a different, um, with a different name. So I actually couldn't tell if it was a guy or a girl, but it was like in his phone log, it was me and this name, me and this name, me and this name, me and this name, this name, this name. I was like, so fucking weird. How is this person? He's like, he's calling this weird D like, I've never heard the name before. You know, we talk about people and I was like, that's strange. So I literally just, and I by mistake, um, and I remember this is like when iPhones first came out, like I didn't even know how to use it. And I by mistake, like uh, called it and hung right up. I was like, oh, fuck. And then immediately a text popped up and it was the middle of the night. And it was like, hey, babe, why are you up so late? And I was like, oh, there we go. There we go. And so then then I called the next day. And, and I literally just said who I was. And she goes, oh, I know about you. And just said that like, you know, he says that you're like the wife and I'm the, he basically said, oh, I'm, wow. the week, I'm the weekday girl. She's the weekend girl. Um, that I was too nice. She, she said, and she specific. was okay. Yeah. Why are you fine with that? Yeah. I mean, that is a same, thing. And same thing. Exes, right? She was a high school ex of his. I like can't. High school. Like I would never have even thought what? that that was Girl code. Can we not? And then she was best friends with his sister. So the whole family knew mm-hmm. that he was cheating on oh, me. And, and I was, I had just gone over 
And his dad had called me from, uh, he was, he was Dominican. His dad called me from D, um, DR being like, he loves you so much. You know, I think you guys should get engaged. Like he really wants to love. This Do you think like a couple like weeks a- before the whole thing. And I was just at their house uh-huh. and the mom, sister, everybody's like, we're, we're celebrating holidays. It was all great. And then... It was a receipt, which is what I want to get into of like how to catch a cheater. But he had left a receipt and it's very easy, right? Like um, my boyfriend's upstairs right now. I don't want him to hear my secrets, but um, <laughs> he, this, this guy- you say on a podcast. I know, right? right. I, know. <laughs> I don't care if anybody else hears. I don't want my boyfriend to hear. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it was like, uh, he left a- uh, Red flag. He used to pay everything in cash, which mm. I did. You know, when I was younger, he was like, oh, I had bad credit. So I I can't get a credit card. Everything is cash. I'm like, but you don't have like a bank account or whatever. Weird. <laughs> yeah, okay. A debit card? Yeah, like so nothing. Weird. And I was like, okay. Um, but I was very young at the time. So I was like, whatever. Then... Um, and so I never found a receipt anywhere. He would he was, he was living with me. So his stuff was all over. But I never found anything. One day... He just like came home very late and it was a very weird way he came home. And um, I was like, hmm. So I was folding his jeans and a receipt was there. And I was like, what's this receipt? And it was, I'll never forget it. It was P.F. Chang's um, beef and broccoli, mahi mahi, two green apple martinis. And that was it. I was like, green apple martinis. I was like, motherfuckers with a girl because... He's like this big Reggie Bush looking guy. I was like, you are not drinking. I know what you're drinking. (laughs) You're not drinking green apple martinis. You know what I mean? And so then uh, very quickly when I contacted the girl, she had said that they were out for lunch with his mother. Oh what? Yeah. Oh my land. Yeah. So the mother knew it was like a whole thing. Why was everybody so involved? Do you think it was like a boys will be boys thing where the family was like, well, Mm. until he has like a ring on her finger, like boys will be boys. And yet like how couldn't wrap my brain to me. It was just such um such poor I I I hate to say it, but nine-year-old lack of integrity for people. I was like absolutely I was like, this is a kind of family I would never want to be involved with. I was like, fuck you. My my parents, my brother's married, and my parents literally tell him to his face, if he fucks up, they choose her. And they say it all the time. They're like, it's not like, oh, we're going to pick you because you're our son. If you fuck with her in some way, you get the fuck out. And I appreciate that because they're not there to like just support bad behavior. And so like they did, but, and and that's kind of broke me too. You know, that's what I'm saying. It was never the act of cheating. It's always like all this other stuff that breaks you because then you go like, is this like, is this what people's character is? Like, you didn't even care about me. I did all this stuff for you guys. And like, it never mattered. And and then he tried to kill himself, which was the next level. Um, and, and of course, like none of the girls that he was fucking with showed up except me in the middle of the night. And I made him throw up and I, you know, got him back, basically uh, uh, kept him alive. And I stayed up with him like through the night and I had to have, I had a flight that morning to Toronto for my brother's engagement. And uh, I stayed up through the night and his family like kept thanking me when, and because it was at their house and his mom was like, I, I, I don't know what happened between you guys, but I, I really hope you guys make You're up. like, yeah, you do. Like, you do. You literally do. Like, I feel so here. bad. Like, that's such a sad situation when someone attempts uh, on their life. But like, also, I can't, I find it so hard to feel sorry. Like, I don't no, know, it's hard. Actually, with my mom. Yeah. So I did, I, I never told her any about the relationship or anything. And then I, they saw that I was so broken. I had lost a lot of weight. I wasn't, you know, eating. I looked like super sick. Um, and when I went for my brother's engagement, uh, he was still calling me from there being like, uh, you know, I basically got him to a point where he was alive. Then right after that, he was trying to like continue to kill himself. So he oh was he was basically like, I'm at the Brooklyn Bridge and I'm <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And, and his family couldn't find him. And, and I, so I finally told my mom because she was like, what's going on with you? You're so stressed out. And I was like, there's been this guy and he's trying to kill himself. And you know what my mom said? My mom was like, he's a pussy. Don't fucking answer the phone. He's not going to kill himself. And he's honestly, 
It makes sense. Because he's using that it, to yeah, manipulate so he was you like, now. if he wanted to kill himself, he would have killed himself. Yep. And I was like, oh, but you know, it's like not the nice thing because you want to be there for somebody. But she was right. Then I stopped answering. This is where the fem tuition back up. Wild. Because sometimes, obviously, it's case by case. We're not obviously saying there are cases where these situations are that, but there are definitely other times where it's manipulation and it's emotional abuse. And but you're an asshole if you assume that it's manipulation. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, uh, don't hate me, but that's where we got to stop for the day. This conversation was so good that we actually had to break it up into two episodes. Yeah, so you're gonna have to come back next week to listen to part two of Kinda Dating with the Dating Detectives, and oof, is it gonna get spicy? We talk about dating safety, sharing locations, and yeah, how to catch a cheater. For now, subscribe to the Dating Detectives podcast and follow them on social media. They are at Dating Detectives podcast on Instagram and TikTok. And hey, follow us too. We're on social media. We're at Kinda Dating on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. I'm at Natasha Chandale on Instagram and Facebook, Natasha.Chandale on TikTok. And Aisha is at Aisha Says Dance across the board. Thank you guys so much for downloading this episode. If you like something you heard, please screenshot the episode and tag us on social media. Finally, I know it seems tough out there, but just try. Till next time. Kinda Dating is created, produced, and hosted by myself, Natasha Chandale. Aisha Holden is my co-host and our social media producer. And we only sound great thanks to our producer and audio engineer, Adam Pineless. The opening music is composed by Joe Lorenzetti, and our logo and graphics are by Jenna Yenick and K. Daniel Ellis.